This is the light which shall give revelation to the Gentiles. The mystery of God in the world for the salvation of the world. How is it going, everybody? My name is Jordan Pacheco. And I'm Rudy Carlos. And... <laughs> oh, Rudy. Oh, Deo Gracias. It's am I so right? Good. Oh, man. Oh, man. Today's a good day. Today's well, a it's the day, day after, but uh, I think I think the energy is still there. You know, that's completely right. Um, I'm sure that our audience knows what we're talking about, but why don't you tell the people why why are we so why are we so happy today, Rudy? Well, it turns out that the draft opinion of uh, of the uh, I think it's uh, what is it? Jackson's Women's Health versus uh, Dobbs? Yeah, Dobbs versus Jackson's mm-hmm. Women Jackson Women's health office or these whatever. are all words yes <laughs> well that uh ended up being revoked and now roe versus wade is gone with history so what does that mean it means we won it we won we well won. well we won one we won just, one major small victory <laughs> one theater of the war it is a major victory you're yeah. right yeah. yeah oh my gosh dude I, can you okay let's just take a step back first off i have for our audience who can't see, uh, this is what we call in our thread whiskey in hand. So, uh, so you'll see a celebratory sip as as the good Lord provides. Uh, so I guess I guess people are calling it like the Dobbs decision, which might just be easier to say, or just the death of Roe v. Wade, Dobbs. because because oh my gosh, did you ever imagine? I mean, think about how much praying, supplication, fasting, the conversion of hearts and mind, really going out there, just being militant about. Um, to be pro-life, to be on the side of biology and all these other kinds of things. But I never thought in a million years um, really that it would be repealed like this when we were young men. That's, that's kind of crazy to me in such a short span of time for our lives, you know? I think so too. You know, I, uh, you know, all the rumors have been spinning for, for a few, few weeks now, ever since the draft opinion was leaked in, uh, in May, late May. And, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling at the back of my uh, back of the back of the mind that this was going to happen. You know, it's going to be it's going to be great. But at the same time, there was a little bit of reservation because I would say, well, what if they actually change course? Right. What if they decide what if that? Yeah, because, you know, um, one of the, the guests that we have on the uh, on the show all the time for uh, Catholic Drive Time, Brent Haynes, he's a really cool guy. You know, he talks about how these opinions change. They could change, you know, uh, as one of the judges is going into the office, like, you know, things, things change. Mm -hmm. And so I was holding my breath, but at the same time, I kind of felt like it was going to happen, but here we are. And it's amazing. It's, uh, I don't want to downplay it. Like, you know, what I, what I said earlier, it's a small victory. Yes, it's true. But this actually is pretty big from the federal perspective you know now it's kicked back to the states and a lot of the states we've seen a a, a movement in the states to to go and and put these these trigger laws into effect that would ban abortion here in texas it's completely done like there's no way you can get an abortion here anyway but uh you know there's a couple other states that are going to follow suit and there's some that are even you know more uh, more pro-life than the ones that we have here in Texas. So it's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, one of my favorite things to hear was um, uh, there's like trigger laws, learning about that and how Utah, for instance, had an automatic trigger law the same day. I think it was Missouri and Tennessee and all these other places were just like, yep, yep, nope, nope, nope. 
Um, unfortunately, yeah. we don't have that in Colorado. In Colorado, we have full-blown infanticide. That was our bill that we passed last year. So when we're uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, it'll be Colorado on that list, unfortunately. Parts of Colorado, at least. <laughs> Come down to Texas. I know, you know, honestly, everything's <laughs> going to be Texas. Well, Texas, now that... Uh, so much stuff to talk about. This is a little tangent, but now the Texas GOP has declared the 2020 election illegitimate. It's only a matter of time before Texas secedes again. So let's go. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, and this is the thing. So yeah, in the scope of things, on one hand, it's like, you know, children are still being killed and mm. our fight's not done. Um, it is very important. That being said, in times of war, and that's what we're in, right? I'm not saying we're not, we're not threatening physical violence. Um, but we are, we do know that the greatest weapon, the rosary, uh, has clearly triumphed and on the solemnity of the sacred heart, it triumphed. And so, um, this just means that we're going to have to fight in the States now for, thank God that the federal government, uh, is it involved in this absolutely terrible atrocity? Well, it's trying to be in some cases you could say, but thank God it's kind of removed itself because honestly, the fact that we are people so far removed from the natural law, from common sense, from obviously science and biology, and certainly from religion, uh, just speaks volume to the decrepitness, unfortunately, that is still inside and has crept inside this country. And as we see this with this weekend, I don't know if you're staying out of, I'm sure there's some fun in downtown Houston. I'm not going up to Denver. Um, no. Because they are, it's not just a matter of different opinion anymore in the 2020s. It is a matter of full-blown political violence and actual domestic terrorism. There are people yeah. who, by the virtue of you saying we shouldn't kill babies, it's not that they don't just like you. They don't. Uh, they hate you. They really genuinely hate you. They, there are entire lawmakers who hate you. There are entirety of Catholic lawmakers and people who hate you because they think that you, they know that you are a threat to the faulty demonic convictions, which they themselves have 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 drunk in for decades hook line and sinker right that's uh, you know that's that's such an interesting thing that you bring up and i just want to focus on something you just said the demonic the tfp which is tradition family and property and i think you've seen them you're aware maybe uh dear dear listener you've you've seen these these guys out there they show up and they do rosary rallies some of them have red sashes and stuff mm. like that and they have big banners and stuff um, well, in their videos, they do a really good job of showing the the activists who are for abortion. They tend to go to uh, to college campuses and stuff like that. And it's so surprising to me when I watch these videos because the first thing that really comes to mind is the fact that uh, when they get to praying the rosary, when they get to just standing in the campus and, and proclaiming the truth, like, for example that men are men and women are women, inevitably big bands of leftists, because uh, le colleges are leftist institutions anyway, mm -hmm. they just come and they rally around them and they film everything. So as you're watching the, the, the people, you can see the frenzy in their eyes. You could see the the demonic oppression that these these kids i mean they're kids right i mean they're like 18 years old going to college they're still kids you can see how badly uh they are demonically oppressed and they just start foaming at the mouth sometimes literally mm -hmm. and shouting and screaming and just like just going wild and and so there's something there i think this decision is saving a lot of children from from being murdered 
And I think for the left, uh, people who uh, are, are not Catholic, people who are uh, um, politically left-leaning, this is their sacrament. This is the sacrament of the left. And it's, it's in jeopardy for them. And so you're going to see a, a rise, as you said, Jordan, a rise of demonic activity. It, what's it going to look like? It's going to look like a summer of rage, just like we've experienced already in the past, uh, what was that, 2020? 2020 was the summer that was right after George Floyd. You saw what that happened. What was that? What that, what that was like. But, uh, you know, something like that can certainly happen again. Um, this is this is the terrible, unfortunate thing that happens when you have societies that remove themselves from God. And again, we have a God of faith and a God of reason. There is, by every biological metric that we have, by every scientific idea, by, by the natural reason which we have implanted in us, it is not a matter of, of divinely revealed truth that it is something wrong when a species wantonly kills its unborn. We don't even fathom this in the, in the animal kingdom. And so at the end of the day, what we have is we have people who believe um, broadly that rights, duties, uh, the way societies ought to be governed are an imprint of the divine, that they are revealed through divine law. They're also revealed through natural law, through reason and through faith, and that these things are not at odds with each other. They can work in harmony with each other. Then there are people who fundamentally believe that what a right is comes down to license, that liberty means the ability to do whatever you want, irregardless of consequence, circumstance, and irregardless of the moral ramifications. Is this actually a good choice? Because, because when, we, when we knock God from the pedestal, we make ourselves God. And so we have the power to, to destroy, to create. I, I hate, there's a phrase you hear all over, right? Which is that uh, to speak your truth into existence. And I think that this is actually, um, uh, this is actually a sort of a blasphemy. Or at least I, I think it's it's a sort of heresy. It's a sort of humanistic heresy, and this is why: because the only one who can, who by the virtue of speech, can create physical reality, truth itself, is God, right? At the beginning of, of everything, like there was nothing, right? And then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. So when people say, "Well, I'm just going to speak my truth," and it's it's irregardless of the truth, there's no such thing as the truth. There's only my truth my reality, these sorts of things, we are taking that divine onto ourselves in a way that we were never meant to do as creatures. This is at the heart of abortion. The argument is no longer how many cells make a human being, right? What do we say about um, consciousness, right? Um, things that we can actually tangibly understand. And of course, there's there's deep philosophy and ethics into this, right? Consciousness is a perfect example. Um, it's not about that. And so I think you're so good to bring up TFP because what you're seeing now are people who aren't just like, well, I think that life begins here and here. You're seeing people wantonly rally around, get out into the streets saying that the virtue of not being able to kill my child is somehow depriving me of my right. Um, and there is, there is no explanation to how dark a, a mentality that is except knowing that there is, of course, an element of the demonic behind it. Because God loves children. God loves life. I mean, that's the beauty about God. God is a God of life. Um, the Book of Wisdom says that, uh, I think it's wisdom, it might be Hebrews, I think it's wisdom, right? That says that God did not make death, nor does he delight in the destruction of the living. I think it's Hebrews. And so if we know this, then we know that 
God's order, his ability that love creates. What's the opposite of that? The demons hate us and they hate you so much and they hate babies and they hate our lady and everything. They hate them so much that all they can do is destroy. If, if life is so beautiful, those who radically rally to abortion, they are, they are wantonly embracing the fact that it is this new demonic sacrament of the left. I'm worried for our churches and our shrines and everything, but I'm also really grateful because I love it when the band-aid is ripped off of evil and you can stare into the face of, of, of people, not saying that they are just evil people, but their deeds, their actions, their thoughts are clearly conformed to the enemy. And that's the thing that we need to, that we need to confront. Yeah. And, you know, to speak, to speak about truth, you know, you're absolutely right when you say that these people, they, they make things up and they make up their own truth. A friend pointed this out to me, uh, this, this past weekend. Um, and he was saying something like, um, you know, news articles keep reporting the, the overturning as, uh, today they'll say, quote, today, the decision to overturn the constitutional right to an abortion was made. And he was, he was making a point. He said, this is how you brainwash people. You know, you can't outright say something crazy and, and add modifiers like constitutional because mm. that's, that's the whole thing about the decision, right? The, the justices went through and they said, there is nothing in the Constitution that says that you can murder your child. And we see, uh, we see and we hear uh, the, the leftists today, they will say, well, it's my right. It's always about rights, you know, like my right. Well, who gave you that right? God didn't give you that right. God didn't give you the right to murder. In fact, he tells you very clearly, thou shalt not murder. But these people, they they are so oppressed demonically. And, and frankly, I mean, can we be surprised? Think about the people who have lived um, outside of the sacramental grace of uh, uh of their soul for so long what does that do well sin clouds the intellect mm -hmm. and and so we shouldn't be surprised at the kinds of evil and crazy things that people say whether it's in our family or our friend group um you know my 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 wife ashley was was telling me you know like i'm just so surprised that so many of the people that i follow on instagram have spoken out against the decision and they say things like Oh, this is this is crazy. This is going to destroy everything. And you know, I think a lot of people catastrophize the situation, and they think, "Oh, well, if I can't get an abortion, then it's over." Well, no, not particularly. Uh, you just can't kill a baby anymore. So uh, maybe uh, don't have sex. Maybe that's a solution to you never getting pregnant. You know, or or you know, like. I, I really hope that this is next, but maybe they'll get rid of contraception. That You've been be reading Clara Thomas's added, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. I, I, you know, I think that would really make them make them squirm, or maybe get rid of Obergefell. That would be incredible, so that we can we can go back to to really interpreting the Constitution the way that it is, mm -hmm. not as some sort of uh, nebulous thing that changes with our whims and our fancy as. Uh, as we think that, uh, you know, it is when we create our own truth, as, as you said, you know, what's it going to be in 20 years if we keep doing that?
at a certain point, you have to sit down and say, well, this is not what the founders had in, in mind. And frankly, beyond that, you know, because to be honest with you, I don't want to seem unpatriotic or ungrateful, but I don't really care what the founders said. I care about what God said. I care about God's laws, not the laws of this country. You know, the laws of this country oftentimes don't lead to the common good. Um, but, uh, but God's law does. So that's what I'm going to stick to. And I'm sorry that you can't murder your children anymore in certain states. The reality is, is that most, most states are going to open up, uh, and this is the dark side of this, right? You're saying, you were saying just a few minutes ago that your the bandit has been ripped off and it really has. Now you can see people for what they really are. Look at California. They've doubled down and they've said, Ooh. you know, we're going to, we're going to make an abortion safe haven here. Look at the uh, look at New York. Same same thing. Look at corporations. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods uh, sent out an, uh, a letter to their employees, and they said, "Oh, we're so shocked, and we're we're so disheartened, and uh, anybody who's in a state that that uh, bans abortion, we're going to give you four thousand dollars for you to travel anywhere to go get an abortion." So you can see evil for what it is these days. It doesn't. It's not hiding in the shadows anymore. It's out in the open. We have to sit down as a people. We've talked about this a little bit before with a previous episode when we talked about, um, uh, you know, what a Catholic country kind of looks like, right? Um, but you know, there are there are a lot. What we we've done is we have this little micro civil war every four years, every time a Supreme Court justice gets appointed, where we believe that law doesn't come from God and therefore ought to be just reinforced by society, by the government, by the people, um, but instead that laws come from the Supreme Court laws come from Congress laws come from the executive pen of the president and people react so violently. I've seen very popular figures now calling for the abolishment of the Supreme Court. Um, Keith Olbermann tweet freaking love it. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I understand. We people are so desperate to have the government inform their moral decisions that laws have to be tied in this way to morality and not in a way that's biblical, not in a way that's even been tried throughout history. But if my morality, my truth is not enshrined in law, there's just a major malfunction with this country. So with the your the constitutional analysis you just gave, there are these two broad camps, right? There are originalists. This was Anton Scalia's who said that the Constitution is to be interpreted very narrowly. The reason why the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists had a fight that resulted in the Bill of Rights is so that you could literally see your rights. It's why we have amendments and these sorts of things. And then the entirety of law, the entirety of history, the entirety of politics is dictated by if we amend the Constitution, if we add something, if we remove something, but we do it slow and steady because it's not the Bible. We don't just add and remove things. It's not the Bible. The left believes that it's a living document. They, you know, I've heard the reply that, well, who cares? I mean, they've just removed Thomas Jefferson in New York, right? Uh, so who cares? These founder fathers were slaveholding white patriarchal men who were from a very narrow time period, which was a horrible, terrible one. And we've evolved so much beyond that. We've become the angels of our better nature. And that's why you shouldn't listen to them nor their writings. If I think something is a right, I could care less what the founders wanted this country to be and what structure it is. And we reinforce that because we believe that things like democracy is such a right. And it's like the founders never intended for mass democracy. And how's that working out for us right now, right? Direct election of senators. And of course, obvious things. The founders would have never, the government was not in the business of marriage, for instance, 
right? The government's purpose was to acknowledge the universally accepted truth of what marriage was. It's a man and it's a woman, obviously, like, obviously we didn't even have to worry about this, you know, but now we live in a world where they're like, oh, well, they're going to take away contraception and same-sex marriage and everything. And I'm, you know, it's not a black pill. It's probably the greatest red pill. I go, well, is it the natural law or is it not the natural law? And if it's not, then why the heck do we have any business for the sake of license, for the sake of intrinsic evils that send people to hell, permitting this kind of thing? Error has no rights. And so, so I think our frame, our framework is is our framework has to be there. And I know that for some people, even for pro-lifers, they may have not thought of it before. But the issue is not like, oh hooray, the Supreme Court won this one. The issue is fundamentally, we've gotten so away from the natural law that until the country gets back on track. We all know that it's just headed towards a great, terrible divorce. And who knows what it's going to look like on the other side. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about this uh, as I was picking up some some uh, some uh, drive through order. Yo, what drive through you know, though? Wait, wait, what drive through? <laughs> What'd you get in? Well, a- Ashley's sick, so we went to Panera. So it's not the greatest the greatest of things. But uh, we do have an In-N-Out here in Texas. So uh, that's, that's pretty great. It's a little taste of California. Um, but, you know, I was thinking, you know, there, there's a lot of objectors. We ha- we've had an episode of Monarchy before. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, just go through our, our YouTube page and you can find it uh, with Charles Cologne. And there's a lot of detractors uh, when it comes to monarchy. And they say, well, why should it be that one person has all of the power? Uh, what if there's a bad king? Uh, there's no way that we should ever try that in America. Well, is this really any different? I mean, there's a lot of people that we can't vote out uh, who represent very specific interests that are very much against our interests, against the interests of God, because God has rights. Um, are we really in a position to say that that to go and, and transform? Because you just mentioned, you know, what is it going to look like? Because we are heading towards a divorce. Um would it be crazy to say that maybe there should be something at the very least that looks more like uh, a, a republic, the, 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 the kind of republic that the, the founders intended, you know, or even crazier? Is it crazy for me to think that maybe there should be a king and that king should legislate for the common good of, of the people? I mean, that's, that's what we really need. It's not a crazy idea. Um, to think that way. But uh, I, I do think that there is going to be a, a, a great divorce. And, you know, I think it's foolish to think that the country's not very old, first off, but empires come and go all the time. It's foolish for us to think that, you know, because we're in a modern time, that the fall of an empire cannot come tomorrow or in 50 years or in 100 years. It happens all the time in history. So maybe America is going to look a little bit different in the future. And I, I think that uh, when, you, when you approach it from that perspective, I think it opens you up to try things like a monarchy or maybe even secession where a state like Texas, I know Texas wants to be its own thing. But how great would it be if like Texas and Florida and other like-minded states came together and they legislated for their people? They actually represented the people that live there. Um, they would pass things like these abortion bans. 
they would pass things like not recognizing so-called gay marriage. Like those things are for the common good of the people. And it's not wild for us to think that. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, different streams that you have to cross to make that work. Whether it's going to work or not, that's not really up to us to 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> really predict right now. But it's it, I think I think it's foolish for us to say we shouldn't try anything because it's not what it's been in the past. It's just, I don't know. That sounds crazy to me. As long as, for example, you know, we're not passing abortion or gay marriage or things. Obviously those things are against the common good. So yeah, I, I here in Texas, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm here now. Um, I, I take a little bit of pride there to, to be in a, a state that, that introduced a heartbeat bill that has inspired other states to do the same. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> You're very fortunate because I'm, I love Colorado. I mean, this is, there's so Colorado many memories. awesome. It's a great, you know, and, and obviously like a place is not its government, but it can help influence yeah. what that place is. And, but it's just really distressing to see there, there's Colorado used to be more of a swing state politically. It, it's a very polarized kind of state, right? Still. And I think that's yeah. good because there's some very much sanity that still exists. But in terms of our our policies and that sort of thing, it's it's becoming it's becoming a a California light. It's yeah. in in the short amount of time I've been back, I already am like, wouldn't it be nice if the Augusta Institute just moved to Texas or Tennessee or Florida or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to. I want to. Wouldn't it be nice? Would it be nice if they didn't kill babies? <laughs> <laughs> I want to piggyback off something you said real quick about the, the role of the king and government, and you know. We're wired for, we're not, we're wired for monarchy. We're not wired for mass democracy. And this is an obvious choice. The idea that prior to the Supreme Court decision, the response from the left was pack the court. Well, if we get a bunch of unelected bureaucrats to swing one way, our way, that's good, as opposed to the other way. I mean, that's just, and now that they, we don't like what they did, let's just destroy the whole thing. Um, In a well-functioning society, monarchy or republic, but the answer is that, the states having, for instance, to, to fight over abortion, that is much more common with what the country was supposed to be. If you're going to have something so radical, never mind the fact that this should never even exist in the first place. But the idea was that the federal government is not supposed to have the daily interaction in our lives that it does now. We're yeah. fighting. People know their, their presidents, their Supreme Courts. They even know where the Supreme Courts live now. Uh, but they don't know their governors and they don't know their mayors. And, um, and that's really sad. We've, we've definitely gotten away from our roots. And I, I like the idea of the monarchy because what does the king represent? See, the king actually is, he, like the church, is supra-politica. He's above politics. He's not interested in legislating, so to speak. He is there to preserve the tradition and the esprit de corps, the, the nationhood or the patriothood of the, of the country. And so the king, in order for a king to be a king, this is why it's so important. This is why part of the issue with why as our empire dies as Catholics, especially traditional Catholics, we can look back and go, oh, because we separated church and state, we we completely got into enlightenment territory of modern nation states. And that's that at the root is an issue because the only way that the king is a king is if he's appointed, right, by God, right, through oftentimes his, his bishop or the pope or whatever, but that he's appointed, right? And that the king has therefore a, a moral obligation tied to his soul to reign properly because he answers he answers to the vicar of christ right so he answers to god uh, and so 
it's terribly distressing because I think that we're now in such a gutter fight. Um, and I wish that it was on, I wish that it was on some other topic of the natural law, which didn't result in murder. You know, intrinsic evils are always evil, uh, deeply evil, every single instance, of course. Um, I think I just, I, it breaks my heart that we're fighting like this over abortion, the actual killing of children, as opposed to contraception, if that makes sense. Like, I, I feel like there's just like these degrees of the of fights that it's Catholics you have to be willing to fight for. And some of them are going to be very different fights than other ones. But the reason why abortion is so deep is because it is the very heart of whom God made us to be as a human race. And, and it is so religious that the book of Jeremiah says, even before you were in the womb, I knew you. And mm-hmm. Rudy, I'll tell you, for me, it's deeply personal because I'm adopted. And, um, you know, the highest uh, ra- race who, who kill their children are, are blacks. So I'm extremely grateful to my birth mother because I know that that was not an easy decision. And I, I know very little about her, but I knew that she was um, she was a Methodist. So probably the uh, the African-American Methodist Church, um, presuming, presuming. And uh, they're not very conservative. They're not very traditional when it comes to this kind of issue. So I don't know what my background of my birth mom or maybe my if my birth father was involved, I simply don't know. There's no paperwork, there's no record. But um, I'm just aware of, of the rates of how many babies are killed. And um, I'm very grateful because I'm, I'm very keenly aware that God, I feel like God really did pick me, right? He, he handpicked me and he placed me with, with my family and he placed me with, with my, my wits and my soul. And he, he has demonstrated for me very directly what it's like not to kill your children. And um, I, I want that opportunity for so many other little babies. And I love this critique. I love to hate it so much, but there are so many people who really pretend that the pro-life movement is nothing. Oh, you just care for babies. You don't care whatever. The fact that they're bombing pregnancy centers should be telling. The fact that the church and us, we give so much money also to support single moms and mothers in pregnancy crises. And we don't just leave people abandoned because thank God you let you, you kept your kid. Oh, they're beautiful. Goodbye. Um, these people, these, these, these people demonically influenced on the left, they don't do anything like that. There is, there is no support. And so it's kind of with a very unfortunate sense of the worst kind of irony that when I see rioting happening in places like Los Angeles, I go, man, dude, the rates out there are just so terrible. And it's a perpetuating cycle if you don't break out and just see how beautiful life is and how we should therefore better ourselves in order to, to, to perpetuate that, the beauty of life, the sanctity of life. People don't care. And at the end of the day, when you've lived in a materialistic culture for, well, now we know it can take just a generation, really a couple, um, you see what the effects are. If people believe that matter and license are the only things that are your truth, it's no surprise. And it's no surprise that so many pro-abortion arguments become, obviously, because we know the roots, they become very quickly these eugenic arguments. Well, these people are going to have too many children. They don't know how to control themselves, right? They don't know how to, how to wait till marriage before sex. They don't know how to rise up out of poverty. So you're going to have more mouths to feed, more poverty. And I'm just like, oh, great. So let's just, so why stop there? This is the legitimate eugenics argument for, for yeah. races that have been used for, for hundred years. So why stop there? Margaret Sanger was a certified uh, eugenist. And her comments about the destruction of the Negro ra- uh, Negro race are extremely telling. But of course, it's not surprising. But we've, we've pretended that that part doesn't matter, right? That And yet I hear these arguments. I see them because as you have, 
I have plenty of friends back in Los Angeles, per se. Um, been doing a lot of just unfollowing and unfriending. And I'm just like, you know, I don't, you know, I no, nothing. I'm not gonna like, you know, flame out or anything, but just like, I'm not into this. Like, if you support killing children, yeah. if you see this and you support killing children, like honestly, like yeah, I don't. We don't, you know, don't talk to me. I mean, say hello. I'll say hello back. But like, I don't have, I don't have any. My filial piety sometimes I know can be very, very tricky. And I, I do love people who have deeply erroneous uh, opinions that can actually lead to hell and ruin, obviously. But just for today, it's just nice to sit there and go, you know what? No, you don't get to kill babies. You don't get to kill babies. <laughs> and then you repost memes that uh, we can't show our beloved audience about how you uh, shouldn't kill babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was at work when it happened. Uh, we got the news from uh, an insider chat that we have and, you know, one of the one of the uh, the friends that was uh, responding to my coworker was like, "Well, we have a victory, but let's not gloat." No, I think we should gloat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think we really should. They say we need to be we need to be magnanimous and 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 generous in victory. This is true, but I'm gonna take a moment, right, Rudy? Go on, take a moment. <laughs> we need to generously share good memes about how they lost today. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to friends and family who are obviously on the other side of the uh, of the coin of the equation here, uh, you know, it's good to uh, it's good to talk to them, give it a give it a, a college try. But if you know that that's not going to happen, if they're just completely set on their ways, you know, uh, maybe it's not a good idea for you to to conversate with them as much, mm -hmm. um, because I, I had this situation too come up where I was thinking. You know, this person thinks obviously completely the opposite of what the truth is. And uh, and I want to bring them to the truth. And so I'm going to give it a, a shot to try and change their mind. But at a certain point, you're not going to change their mind. And and um, and sometimes we get into these cycles where we want to, like, win the argument. And I, I have to stop and say, well, am I trying to win the argument or am I trying to convert this person? Mm, mm. And so I think that would be good advice. If you find yourself in that situation where it's like, ah, oh, man, my family's like speaking out against it. I'm seeing it on my Instagram. Obviously, if you don't want to see it on your Instagram, I, that's your choice. You don't have to follow them. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just, if you find yourself in the situation where you're fighting, just think like, am I trying to convert this person or am I trying to win the argument? Cause yeah. I think most of the time we try and win the argument mm -hmm. and, and that's fine, but uh, just don't take it too far. Right. But you know what? Um, you know, the, the bombing of these, of these abortion centers, I mean, not the abortion centers, the, the pregnancy clinics that we've seen have just been a symptom of the real attack, which is the church. Look at all of the churches that have been attacked. You know, here in Houston, actually, there was a story. I can, I can, uh, um, I can read you the headline. The headline here. Let me look at it. Mm -hmm. The headline says, um, "Prepare this weekend for a a summer of rage, unless you like and subscribe to the Glad Trad podcast and share with a friend." Actually, that's not the headline, but, ah. <laughs> but you should consider liking and subscribing. You've made it this far into the conversation. That would be fantastic if you could do that for us. Share share us with a friend. We just crossed a thousand subscribers. That's incredible. We love every one of you. Buy our indulgences. You can support us through Patreon. But uh, you know, to go back to these attacks, 
here in Houston, there was uh, not too far from me, from from me where I live, uh, it's like ten minutes away in Katy, Katy, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody went in and stole a tabernacle, and they took out the the most blessed sacrament from the tabernacle. And, um, you know, when we heard about it, certain people were like, oh, the tabernacle is so valuable. It's made out of gold. Yeah, the tabernacle is nice. It's lovely. It's it's meant to be beautiful to hold our blessed Lord. But ultimately, what was at stake there? It was the desecration of our blessed Lord. Mm-hmm. And and um, we saw also in Brooklyn, there was a, a very historic, historic uh, tabernacle. It was made with like the blood, sweat, and tears and wealth of the, the community or lack of wealth from the community. You know, these, these churches, they were built by, by poor people and they gave everything for the greater glory of God to build these wonderful churches that uh, sadly are empty these days. But, um, but they took this, this like jewel encrusted tabernacle outside of the, of the, of the church they spilled uh, the most blessed sacrament all over the floor. They decapitated angels, and this is a theme that we're seeing. Um, I I just want to I just want to bring up the fact that this is really going to get it's going to amp up. It really is because mm-hmm. the attacks against the church are actually like like we were saying earlier, the band aids coming off, and you're seeing people for who they really are, and they hate the church. That's why they're bombing these uh, pregnancy centers that are that are uh, funded by the Catholic Church. They understand that the church is at the forefront. The church has power. The church has authority. And so they're coming against it. Why? Because they're demonically oppressed. So I just wanted to bring up the fact, you know, this weekend there's some crazy stuff going on. And I hope that, that people are aware of the security of their parishes, of the security of the Most Blitz's Sacrament. Um do you have a plan for what happens mm. when somebody comes into the church and tries to disrupt the mass? Are you going to be sitting at the edge of a pew waiting for that to happen? Are you going to be prepared? Do you have a plan? Well, who are your friends? Uh, who are the, the ushers? What are they going to do? Um, if you're in a, a place where uh, you can carry a concealed weapon, are you going to carry it with you this weekend to make sure that nothing crazy happens? Obviously, you know, if somebody disrupts mass, that's not uh, license for you to like shoot them. But <laughs> what if somebody comes in, uh, you know, another story in Nigeria, there was a bunch of Catholic martyrs over Pentecost yeah, 50 that can happen in Nigeria, more common over there, maybe less common here, but that doesn't mean it's never going to happen here. Uh, look at the, the, the California guy who was just arrested trying to kill justice Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. The violence is escalating. We are, we are just, it's just getting so insane. And I just, I just want you to know you should have a plan. Mm-hmm. Try and figure it out. <laughs> talk to your priest, talk to the ushers, form a men's group. Uh, there's a really cool, uh, was it Catholic defense league uh-huh. on Instagram? Yeah. On they're, Instagram. they're awesome. Follow them on Instagram. They, they have great practical advice on how to get started. But, uh, yeah, things are just getting crazy, man. Things are getting out of hand and, and you just need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love what you say. You know, I'm very fortunate because um, I'm part of an, of the usher team at church, and we have a dedicated Let's safety go. team. Too. I know, dude. I like it look good up there, but yeah, I would not go up against you, man. Your broad <laughs> well, shoulders. Like, <laughs> I'm ready man. to regulate. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to just ante up. Punch you in the face. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so true, and it's unfortunate because. You know, again, in the beginning of of this podcast, I said, you know, our greatest weapon that 
our lady has given us through our lord is the most holy rosary it is it is that is a weapon that sanctifies the world that is a weapon that will change the hearts and minds of our interlocutors and i don't want again i don't it, it's fun to dab on them it's fun to it's it's very easy it's very fun to say very dank mean things sometimes um i want everybody to come to the fullness of the truth we've set out in this podcast we've set out in our personal lives the people around us even our enemies um we're supposed to love them so much that we want them to experience heaven we want them to know what it's like that the lord loves them and that they should love the lord and our our blessed lord says himself to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you this is extraordinarily difficult for me there are there are entire batches sometimes of people individuals and i remember my first thought so many times is i have nothing but vitriol i do not want to pray for them um a quote that i say which is true is that it is by grace of god that we are shielded from our the ramifications of our actions because the fires of hell are not hot enough and at the end of the day you know hell is a real place and people go there and i imagine that if dante could come alive or could appear god willing if he's in heaven could appeal in our plane now uh there would be an update in the inferno of for those who wantonly kill babies not just those who just who support right who cast a ballot and pretend it's all good and would never have an abortion personally but those who wantonly kill babies and if you think that there aren't those sorts of people out there well fun fact everybody that is what's all over the news nowadays you go to a live stream you watch some of these people i'm reading a headline right now it's uh on the gateway pundit and it was just talking about how this guy is is screaming at this kid's face how he wantonly he, oh he he effing loves killing babies so again we're beyond clumps of cells and bundles that's what they're saying it's shock value it's evil it's absolutely evil and it must be it must be hacked to pieces i'm not therefore calling i can't imagine any catholic worth his salt therefore calling that we should we should meet our enemies with the same sort of violence that they meet us if they bomb our pro-life centers we're going to bomb planned parenthoods no that is not that is not the weapons of of a roman catholic of any carter catholic of any christian we are a defensive people and so we will def however god has given us the beautiful things our churches the sacraments these pro-life centers the ability to save souls how many women were going to walk into planned parenthood and they saw someone praying outside and they didn't there's hundreds of stories thousands of stories and of course offspring to prove it but because we have these gifts god also tells us to just to, to sell a cloak right and to buy buy two swords he tells us that we have a right to defend ourselves and if yeah. someone comes in looking to use deadly intent on your place of business, on your Catholic organization, and especially on your churches, you have an obligation or, you know, you have a duty to defend your people. You have a duty to defend the things of God. And so I really do pray. This is so genuine. I really pray that, that there is no violence, but I know that there are so many people with evil intents in their heart. And we've seen this manifest. This is like the last acceptable domestic terrorism in this country because i don't know if any of our audience you saw uh the instagram post that i that we did um the day that uh this got this got uh abolished aborted <laughs> but uh i didn't even know that roe v wade had been overturned and so i made that because i was scrolling i have a couple of telegram channels that were showing just like look over time look we've had all these specifically anti-catholic things they stole a tabernacle as rudy was talking about there was a tabernacle stolen where it wasn't about the theft of the gold it was purely to get our lord 
and I'm reading tweets from, you know, the satanic temple of, um, that it's saying that, you know, we have abortion as a sacrament. So if you want an abortion, come join us. This isn't a game. This is not a game. This is the battle of good and evil made manifest in our lives. And so again, Rudy is completely right. I just want to echo it. If your church doesn't have a safety protocol, if you're not part of a quick reaction force of guys just to come to make sure that the things of God are okay, you need to do that, especially as a young Catholic man. That's our domain, okay? There's, there's the, the sheep and there's the sheepdog. And I refuse to be a sheep except for the Lord, you know? And when I'm at mass and I have my concealed carry, Rudy's very fortunate because he doesn't even need one, Texas. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I just think I look upon people who I, I'm now very close with. And I look at the place where I married my wife and I look at the place where I've encountered our Lord most intimately in the, in the holy sacrifice uh, and the Eucharist. And I say, I know that there are people and I've seen them because they vandalize Catholic churches all the time that hate this. They, they hate it, hate it, hate it. And even God desires the salvation of those people. But if they try anything that's going to result in the destruction of life and livelihood, I don't want to be one of those people who stood by and did absolutely nothing. Um, and so we, you know, we do need to reach out. We do need to convert, and it's the Holy Spirit that works through us to do these things. But yeah, we have absolutely every single duty and every single obligation to protect that which God has given us. Yeah, and it may not even be extreme um, where you're going to have to defend your life. I like what you said, Jordan. You know, if if there's if there's if there's anything you don't want, it's going to be the regret of not standing up and and trying to defend the church from uh, an intruder uh, who comes in and tries to disrupt the mass. Honestly, you're going to feel awful and terrible all the way home, thinking I could have done something, I could have helped, I could have, I could have been a little bit more vigilant, I could have figured out how to, uh, uh, or suggest like, oh, that the the doors here here in my parish. They close the, the doors and lock them at a certain point. Like, that's a good suggestion you can bring up to, to the pastor of the church. But you don't want that regret of saying, I could have done something. I could have, I could have done something for the greater glory of God, for my community. That, that is just something, um, it feels terrible. Like, cool. I've been in situations where, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot less at stake. Um, where people will say something in front of me and... I feel a tug in my heart to, to correct them or to say something, um, to, to kind of, uh, alleviate or, or make right the situation. Like say, for example, or they say something about the church mm -hmm. and there have been times where I didn't say anything and I feel horrible, you know, like all the way home, you think maybe that was, that was an opportunity for me to, for the greater glory of God to correct that person. You don't want that regret. So just do it. There's there's a lot less at stake than you think, mm -hmm. of uh, of joining in and trying to defend your church, or say something, say something to your family or to your friends or to a stranger on the road, on the street who, um, very obviously is against the church. There's a scene in um, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, this is the Return of the King scene where uh, they're fighting. It's at the end, like before the Black Gate. Oh no, it's it's the Battle of Pelennor Fields, right? And so. The riders over here have just charged through the orcs and they're just, they're just leveling up, right? They're just killing them all. And it looks like they're going to be able to relieve Gondor and it's no problem. And 
we see this victory. We can feel this victory rising. And then you hear these stomps and these these roars from over the hill. And the the Easterlings and their 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 Oliphants have come. And so it's like just as this victory has been accomplished, we're about to we realize that we're just on the cusp of again, this is spiritual warfare. We are far from over. It's 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 just the the first act, baby. Uh, but 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 what does King Theoden do? Right? He he rallies his he rallies his horsemen, and and he charges the foe again. And that's what we have to do. It's not we're not here to stomp our foes down into the dust, and uh, and make them feel just reasonably unreasonably is awful. <laughs> we are we're really here genuinely to love. I mean that's what we're called to love. I'm I'm being a little I'm being a little jokey audience, but we we genuinely are really called to love. Um, so Rudy, as we close out, I just want to actually pivot and just ask you maybe to to reach out here. If you had something to say to to a pro-abortionist, and I'm not talking about like the weird ladies that paint themselves all in blood and like scream at expletives <laughs> and everything, but just somebody who who doesn't quite who who thinks that this is the mistake, right? What is the thing that you would like to say? I would just say I would say that the truth that they think is is um, is universal. That uh, perhaps the baby isn't a child until it's born, or uh, that it's just a mass of cells inside of a, a, a uterus, or that uh, it's their body and therefore their choice to terminate a pregnancy. I would just say it's a lot more simple than that. Our sexuality, this is what it really boils down to, our sexuality is a gift from God. It is a very holy thing. And this is why we rally so much against abortion, because it's an inversion of our sexuality. When we look at our sexuality as if it's something convenient, as it's just some, some sort of bodily function, like going number one or two when you go to the bathroom, when we degrade something so holy to that, it's just natural that we're going to not understand that the byproduct, the, the, very, um, the very act of creating life that we cooperate with God uh, with, that's just nothing. It's simple. It's simple to, to look at it as if it's something just disposable. But our sexuality is meant to to bring life into the world. And like I said, to cooperate with God, to bring life into the world. And it's by that very act that you're alive. It's by that very loving act that you came into existence in your mother's womb. And so it's not about it's not it's not about what you think is true, because it's not. The reality is, is that there is a beautiful life inside of the womb. And that's what's at stake. How many children have had to die? This, is, this has been the most uh, crazy holocaust that we've been through. How many children have to die? How many uh, lives have been lost that could have really made a difference in the world? A lot of people think about social justice. They think about how they can improve the world. Well, how can we improve the world when we kill all of our offspring? How many, how many lives could have made a difference in this world? because of abortion it's 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 an evil thing it's an evil thing and and anyone who thinks that this is uh something awful 
that the the Supreme Court revoked Roe versus Wade, I invite you to rethink that position. I invite you to rethink about the sanctity of life. That's what the Catholic position is at, at the heart of it. That's absolutely beautiful. I'm constantly in awe of how deeply God loves us. Yeah. And and that includes those who have deliberately chosen to go as far away from him as possible. There isn't a sin you can commit that cannot be overcome by God's forgiveness if we turn back to him. Um, yeah. I'm astounded by and honored by the stories of a lot of very, very heroic women who had an abortion, encouraged others to have an abortion, who were rabid about abortions, and who responded to God's call and now have have turned back to the fullness of the truth. And they let their stories become that part of the battle cry. As men, yeah. we have a solemn duty to, to love and respect the women of our lives in such a way that to have the, the openness to life means to, to have a clean and healthy courtship, to, to marry and to stay with them and to form a family unit. Um, and so I think that if you're out there, if, if you're listening and maybe you've had an abortion, um, perhaps you've encouraged someone to have an abortion, maybe you've not had an abortion, maybe you would never have an abortion personally, but you, you support people, you think that it's a, your pro-choice, quote unquote, you think that this is a right. Um, I would really, I would really encourage you just to sit back and think that if God loves us so much, loves you so much, made you in his own image and likeness, that that love is not selfish and it's not just for you, but that he made me, he made Rudy, he made our families and he made children even those in the womb, God knows, and he's formed them, has set them apart for all of time. And so I would just really encourage you to understand that the reason why we must fight, the reason why you may see Catholics doing their weird things with their rosaries and kneeling down and having their fetus posters and praying divine mercies and wearing their weird hats and shirts. The reason that we do this is because God has commanded us to love the entirety of the human person from conception to natural death. That is our great charge. And it doesn't mean that one stage of life is therefore insignificant or lacks dignity or importance as compared to another stage of life. But this is the fight which we have to take up and we can't rest. And I encourage you to become part of that. I encourage you to really think deeply and honestly about your convictions and if you're on the precipice, I want you to just really imagine, because it's true, just the deep love that God has for you and for children and for everybody. And also the last takeaway is that the reason why we do this, the last reason is because we want the salvation of souls. We want the salvation of the souls of babies. We want the salvation of the souls of adults. We know that hell is a very real place. Um, it's not a frightening bedtime fairy tale. Evil is real and evil hates you. It hates the good, the true, and the beautiful. And to participate in abortion activities, even just in thought, is a participation in evil. And we have to conform ourselves to the image of Christ. And this means that we need to fight evil to its core 
And the way that we do it is not with guns. It's not with swords. That's not the Catholic way. It's with the rosary. It's with prayers and fasting and the mass and supplications. And if you're shocked by how the Supreme Court could have done this, if you're looking at all the political ramifications, know that we mean it very seriously when we think that it's God's will that this was done on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And so don't be an enemy of our Lord. He wants us all to be friends. No longer slaves, says the Lord, but I call you friends. And, uh, and we'd be more than happy to, to be alongside you. And, and even if you're not there 100% yet, you can always reach out to us privately. You know, we, we don't bite. We're a little dank, but we don't bite. Uh, we'll, we'll give you the truth, but also we'll, we'll, we'll give you the love as well, because that's what God calls us to do. So thank you all so much for watching. Oh my goodness. Uh, I hope that you all leave comments just celebrating this great victory. I hope that you leave comments expressing the joy and know that we're about to gear up for some more. If you liked what we had to say, and let's be honest, Rudy, we know that they liked what we had to say. Otherwise, they wouldn't be watching. <laughs> Go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your stories. Hit that notification bell, all those YouTubey things. Um, we have a Patreon. That's our indulgences, so come get them. There are some really, really simple and cool perks that you can get, uh, including early episode access, the ability to even come on the podcast and tell your own stories, as we've had a couple of times. Uh, just We just love interacting. We really do appreciate all the support. The most important thing you can, of course, do is continue to pray for Rudy and myself and our families and um, and for all the prayers you can offer for the church, especially for this weekend. And prayers for our enemies, prayers for those who persecute us. To offer, perhaps you'll offer your Eucharist this weekend for those who do not know the light of Christ because uh, it's by that sort of thing that they come to the fullness of the truth. So until the next time, God bless you, may I keep you. We'll see you on the next one. Adios.